Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. on the show we have most beautiful story by Ben Gardner who shares his journey and it's a real hero's journey. There's so much wisdom, food for thought, inspiration and more. Um, so I left that call, that conversation, I just I broke down in like a flood of emotion, like I started crying and I felt all of these like feelings that I hadn't felt for years because I dismantled this like false belief that I'd inherited it in something genetic. Like my parents made a choice that's led to the way that they are. Therefore, I can make a choice about the way I want to be. And guess what? I want to be emotionally expressive. I want to share how I feel. So I immediately messaged my friends and like just shared really heartwarming messages saying how much they mean to me. And I just got incredible responses back. And I was like, this is, I had this all along, this was, it was hiding there all along and I just never tapped into it, I never realised that. This week's episode is sponsored by Ben Gardner, our guest, who's the founder of BG Blueprint. Thank you to Ben for the sponsorship, but also for sharing his hero's journey. Come meet Ben and I now. show I'm joined by Ben Gardner and he's a life coach, master NLP practitioner and the founder of the transformative education company BG Blueprint. Hello there Ben. Hi Shelley, nice to meet you. Bless you, thank you so much for being here today. I think your lesson, journey, whatever you want to call it, is going to help so many people. <laughs> Tell us where you've been and how you created these positive changes. Oh thank you so much. So I guess if, if I provide a bit of context, my journey really starts back when I was, I guess, growing up through school. Um, I'd always say growing up, there's kind of two sides to me. So on one hand, I was very, very driven, kind of with trying to get the best grades I possibly could. You know, I, I threw myself into my sport. You know, I loved my kind of like table tennis, football, cricket. I was, I was the kind of person that was always in all the after school clubs. You know, parents could never get me home from school. Um, and so, yeah, I just invested all my time in that and I, I loved it. Um, so on the one hand, like anyone that kind of looking at me growing up, it's like, well, Ben's doing really well for himself. He seems like he's throwing himself into activities. He's, he's doing really well. Um, but I guess on the other hand, like my kind of internal world was painting a very different picture, a very different narrative. Um, 
I was very kind of, I guess, insecure as a child growing up. I didn't really have a good sense of like who I was and what my identity really was. So I found myself, I guess, especially in like social situations, you know, with friends, I, I never really gave my viewpoint. Um, I was always that kind of like person that was quite agreeable. Um, I never really wanted to like offend anyone or make anyone feel bad. Um, but that kind of caused me like internal conflict and internal um, things. I was just trying to find a way to fit in. Um, and that I struggled with quite a lot. Um, so I was the kind of person that without all of this self-belief, I took on comments from people, opinions. Um, I think one of my friends at one point said, oh, Ben's the dumbest smart person that I know. Um, and, you know, looking back on it, that was completely accurate at the time. You know, I was smart, but then I was, you know, a bit stupid and kind of ignorant around my friends. Um, so I took all this stuff on board. And it, to be honest, it was just, I got to the end of school, I think in the UK, obviously got to year 12, year 13, doing my A-levels. Um, I just really didn't like the version of me that I was being, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I kind of saw university, so I went off to University of Nottingham to study a master's in chemistry. I saw university as my like get out of jail card, it's like my escape, it's like, you know, I think a lot of people um, that potentially didn't like school see university as a great opportunity to reinvent themselves and find themselves and I fell massively into that kind of category um, and so the kind of strategy I, I used at university was I call it like fake it to make it by association so I was like well what kind of like qualities and characteristics do I want so that would be sponta uh, spontaneity, you know, fun, you know, maybe being a bit like silly and just, you know, just being someone that you can trust and like confide in. So I hung around people that had those kind of qualities. Um, There's a great story uh, in my third year of university, me and my housemate, we, we did this thing called rooftop sunbathing. So where our flat was, there was this roof that kind of opened. So we'd always like sneak out and just do a bit of like sunbathing on the roof because it was quite flat. Um, and one time this, the roof window kind of closed. And so we had to scramble around the other side of the roof just to get in the bed, bedroom window. Now, looking back on that, that was completely stupid, like highly risky. Well, why the hell was I even doing that? Um, and that was just a symptom of like me trying to be like spontaneously fun and you know all of these kind of attributes um but however like i think internally i it came to be a bit more of like a an issue for me because i associated my like fun spontaneous like you know up for anything kind of side of my personality with me who i was at university but with my school friends and back home in, in Bedford, where I grew up, I still was very much like quiet, unassuming, still very agreeable. So I almost had this kind of like split, not necessarily split personality, but I was two very different people in two different, very different um, environments. So this always led to this question of like, who is the real Ben? You know, which one mm. was the right one? Um, 
so finished university, I, I came home, I worked for a year at environmental consultancy, and then I did the kind of graduate, you know, circuit and applied to some big graduate schemes. And fortunately, I managed to get um, onto the change delivery scheme at Sky, um, which is obviously a big, big, especially big company in the UK, um, big media company. Um, and I was so excited when I got on the grad scheme, like I'd made it, all of these thousands of people applied, I ended up coming in the top kind of 10 that was selected. Now I moved, packed all my stuff up, went down to London, um, and I just thought, you know, this is it, this is the start of my career, I'm going to work my way up the career ladder just like my dad did, you know, this is everything I could possibly have wanted. Um, and so I joined Sky had an amazing induction week, some incredible people from all different backgrounds, very intelligent, very welcoming, warming people. And then I was given work to do. So I joined um, the Sky Mobile project just as it was, was launching and I was given some work by my project manager. And with my like analytical mindset from my chemistry background, I'd go away, start like trawling through documents, trawling, get speaking to people, gathering up all this amazing, research and information and then I presented it back and as I presented it back I kept getting feedback in these meetings that it's not quite accurate and it's not quite what we're looking for and this information is slightly out of date and the first time was like okay maybe I made a mistake the second time was like okay well something's not quite right here and then the third and fourth time I started associating this with like maybe I'm not good <laughs> um, and for those of you that have ever been in kind of this like negative spiral, especially this like uncertainty, um, I started to heavily doubt myself and my abilities, you know, uh, all from my school. I was like, yeah, I can do anything. I can achieve anything. And now I suddenly felt like I was failing. Um, and my world crumbled massively very, very quickly. I went from, I'm going to like, you know, climb up the corporate ladder to, I'm not good enough to then the depths of Sky's made mistake. I'm a fraud. I shouldn't be in this company at all. Um, and my whole world went very dark and bleak. So, you know, I struggled to get out of bed every morning. You know, when I did, I'd like throw on all my clothes, you know, I'd be running for the train, just making the train by a few seconds, you know, complete mess and like disheveled state of affairs as I walked into the the office um, and when I did I'd isolate myself so I'd find little booths where I could just sit down and do my work and just hope no one really came and talked to me. Um, I constantly compared myself to my other graduates and other people um, and yeah I just my, and with all my psych um, I guess my thoughts focused on you know, I shouldn't be here, fake, fraud, all of these things, you know, I, I didn't eat properly, lost a lot of weight. Um, I was in quite a small flat in, in London, which I didn't really, it was never great for me anyway. Um, my relationship, I was in a three and a half year relationship at the time and that completely broke down and became unrepairable. So we ended up breaking up um, because it's one of those situations where like, if you cannot care for yourself, like, how are you meant to care for another person? Um, you know, how could I, I didn't have like the, the ability to be empathetic and just support her and, and when she needed it in her tough time as well. And I just completely was, you know, self-absorbed because I was just trying to like keep my head uh, afloat effectively. I was trying to like 
um, keep breaking water. Um, so yeah, it was really, really tough, tough time, like difficult situation to be in. And it got to a point where I was like, I'm, I'm ready to like, leave Sky, right? It had been about uh, two or three months in. And you know, I was like, maybe it's just not for me. I'm gonna go home back to my parents' house. I'm gonna just try and maybe rebuild from there. And it's amazing when you come to that kind of, I guess, I'm trying to imagine it as like the abyss, right? The cliff. Sometimes staring out into that darkness, there's actually, it actually ignites a moment of courage. Um, when your head's already kind of out the door, um, a thought popped into my mind as like, well, if you're if you're already leaving, then why not chat to a colleague? Because the worst that can happen is if the conversation doesn't go well, well, I'm going to be leaving, you know, there's not enough time for that to have a real impact on me. So I spoke to, I put some time in with a colleague I really trusted, who's, who's quite a kind person in general, and I felt like I'd be open with him. Uh, and we went for a coffee, just half an hour catch up. And it was the most like empathetic, appreciative, like understanding kind of conversation I've ever had. I just got this weight off my shoulders. I, I just told him everything. Um, and there was no judgment. There was no like, you know, there's there no kind of like ill will or anything. He was just like, finally for him, I think the penny dropped and he could understand why I was acting so strangely and being so kind of um, aloof and, you know, isolating myself. Um, and he gave me the courage. He gave me the belief that actually, you know, I could stay, I could kind of um, see this through. And after that conversation, that one person support network became two and became four, became eight. Uh, and then suddenly I had a group of people that I could speak to and chat to and, you know, just ease any concerns I had. Um, and that got me through to six months. Uh, where we have like a half year review so you go around your colleagues you get feedback um, and I expected all the feedback to be what he's been doing he's too quiet get him out of sky like he's not fit for this culture um, obviously it was none of that um, the the feedback was Ben's exactly where he needs to be and yes Ben's some quiet and cool sometimes but that will grow confidence and you know when he does produce work it's of great quality and you know, that was enough, you know, I had enough evidence in the form of physical emails to shatter my limiting beliefs, to shatter that negative self-talk. Um, and that really opened up everything for me. That gave me the light at the end of the tunnel. That allowed me to come out of this state of, you know, anxiety and just like bleakness. I started to see the light again and started to see some joy and, and happiness. Um, so eventually it took me another few months after that, but I, I bounced back, I came back. And I realized that it was my mental, it was my mental, my mindset that created it. You know, I created this negative view of the world that, was, that wasn't real, it was completely divorced from any reality. Um, but I was living in that, and that for me it felt real at the time. So I just started um, a process of, bouncing back and investing in like why did my mindset create that what what led me to spiral in the way I did um and yeah the results since then my journey since then has just been yeah incredible that's just such an amazing journey 
I think sometimes we can underestimate the impact of our childhood. It wasn't like a bad childhood as such. It was just one where you was kind of going through thinking, I don't really know who I am. I'll mirror what they do and hope for the best kind of thing. And I felt genuinely quite sad when you said I didn't like the version of me. Yeah. But I think surely so many of us, even if we don't like it or if we like it, I don't think most of us know who we are through so many years of our life. Like I'm in my 40s now. That's I can say that that's nearly nearer 50s if I'm honest, Ben. But even now I'm still kind of find out like, who am I? Do I like me? And I do like me and I do love me. And I, that's been since a major life-changing event when I was 40. But I'm just so glad that it started to unfold. Like I love the story of university on the rooftop. <laughs> getting stuck out there you know just those sort of spontaneous moments which don't always end well but you tried so many ways at primary school then the university life to try and discover who you are and I was just just really rooting for you when you got to Sky and it sounded an amazing opportunity and just reach out to one person you then had like you said like two people then four people then eight people and I'm so glad you did reach out to them because we do have that negative self-talk, don't we? Where we just believe we are our thoughts and we're not. And I just love the simplicity, but it's not simple because this has been years of your life, bless you. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where, where um, looking back on it in hindsight now, that period of mental ill health was by far the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, because it gave me access to learn and become more self-aware. Um, and without that self-awareness, I would have never figured out who I really am. I would have continued down the path I was going on, um, which was all about achieving results and being successful. Um, one, of the, one of the key, um, I guess, uh, exercises or, or things I did at the time came from, um, I don't know if you've read it, it's Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. I've heard of it, yeah. And in one of the chapters, he opens, and it's one of the most profound things I've ever done, and it's like, imagine this story, right? And so you're in a car, and you're driving, and you pull up to a funeral parlour, and it's grey outside, it's quite a downcast day, you get out of the car and you go into the funeral parlor and you hear soft think music playing. You see instinct kind of chattering going on between people um, that you don't really make out. You walk down the aisle in the middle and at the end there's like an open casket. And as you get to the casket, you look into it and you come face to face with yourself. This is you in three years time. And this is your funeral. And you open the program for the funeral and in it you see okay well there's going to be a speech from your family there's going to be a speech from your friends there's going to be a speech from someone that you work with and then a speech from someone at um like you know a hobby you do is like church or charity or volunteering kind of thing and the question is like what do they say about you what do they remember about you what do they talk about? You know, uh, what experiences do they share? How have you impacted them? And as I did this mentally, I was looking around and I realized I don't have many people that turn up to my funeral. Why? 
because I'm so focused on personal development and so focused on success results and achieving the next level and getting the next promotion and being the better version of myself. I didn't spend time with friends and I didn't spend time with family and I didn't really build strong, deep connections with people. Um, people, and as they kind of talked about me, they were sharing kind of like funny memories here and there, but they, they didn't know the real me because uh, I never shared that with them and I was never open with them. Um, I was sharing a fraction of who I was um, and keeping all of my vulnerabilities, insecurities and, and fears hidden from them. So stepping away from that exercise, so I need to make a change. I need to be more authentic, I need to be more me. Um, and so I started being much more open with my stories and sharing my kind of, um, you know, the good parts of me and also parts that, you know, I'm still working on. And the level of connection, the depth of connection you get with people is far more than I could ever have imagined in my life. Because if you have a conversation with someone and you're authentic and open, I believe you create space for that other person to also be open and authentic with you. You know, there's no good point in me coming on here and just sharing all my achievements because, you know, that sounds a bit egotistical and, you know, that also isn't me, that's, that's inauthentic. If you can be open, the other person feels that there's like, well, okay, this person has trusted me with this information to be open. Therefore, I can also let my guard down a little bit as well. Um, and since that moment, my friendships have got a lot more stronger. Um, I'm excited to meet new people now because I create a space where I, I want to create new and, and meaningful connections with people. Um, and so that that was a, a one exercise and moment of kind of like journeys and courses I've done that really like shifted my perspective. It was like that breakthrough aha moment um, that really kind of said, okay, well, my life needs to be more about the people in it versus just some kind of empty achievements that you know might sit on my cabinet one day and collect dust. Um, no, I love that. They we um, receive a lot of people like a lot of application forms for coming on the show and there was a lady recently who won't be coming on the show to put it nicely because I said to her like we don't do like blatant self-promotion book promotion product promotion you know it's all about the authentic story like what mental illness journey have you been on how did you overcome it and she was really aggressive I laughed because I think I've got warped nursing humor but <laughs> my husband's like Shelly how are you not find that rude and what she said to me when I said, like, yeah, there's no like blatant promotion. It's all about the mental health journey. And she just put, what's the point? And so I laughed and I got the severe giggles because I'm a bit immature, truth be known, Ben. But I was like, I didn't go back to her, but, you know, the point of the show is meeting people like you who truly like have life affirming stories. You know, the point is you've overcome a mental health journey. This is how you do it. The point is, you know, that. I want to commit suicide once, but I didn't. Here I am. That's the point of life when you're vulnerable. It's not because, you know, I've got a first class degree in nursing. That's not who I am. That's just something I did along the way. You know, it is the yeah. fact I come through infertility. You know, um, I have been suicidal at points in my life that I've zigzagged through my career <laughs> far too many times. I've got what am I doing with my life? And I still question it at 47. <laughs> and it it is that, isn't it? It's, I mean... I worked at end of life many years as a chemotherapy nurse. And one of them is like, you know, connection. And it's connecting to yourself to know who you are, what you like, what you don't like, and like yourself, you know, like who am I kind of thing. But it's connection to other people. 
that's what life's mm. about it's not about coming on the show because this lady wants to sell her program on things like that it is about the being vulnerable yeah I, you know? I love that and it does I mean it's that kind of level of connection and openness that I think as I hope that humanity kind of wants and needs um for me my personal journey is definitely about um understanding and reconnecting with my work or my true self the, the real me um but to do that i can't do that by myself i need to speak to incredible people that are also on the journey um and also trying to figure it out along the way because it's, it's the sharing of the stories it's a sharing of you know especially personal life affirming stories that change things for people um and i guess one of the things that i'm really interested in having conversations with amazing people like you is because by understanding who you really are, that gives a whole new level of insight. So for me, like a very basic definition of authenticity is being true to yourself. But the question is, if you have never defined yourself or written yourself down, then how are you, you know, how are you living your life compared to like who you are? So I have a feeling that a lot of people, um, are potentially living lives that are slightly inauthentic and that's no slight on them at all it's just that they're unaware um the amount of questions i've asked to people like oh, okay well who are you really who is the real you and people just don't have an answer to that um and it doesn't need to be some sort of magical fairy dust answer the, what's really changed my life is I've, i defined myself i wrote down ben is i am dot 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 like I wrote a list of like all the characteristics that I am as a person. I wrote down a list of all the things I am not. I wrote down all my values and the things that are important to me. Um, and I created a kind of, I guess, a direction for my life. And that is like my core identity, something that I can pull up in a Word document and just look at every single day and reaffirm to myself every single day. And that's that for me is power because no matter what, pressures there are in life and like you know there's always going to be influences from other people to be certain ways and do this and do that I come straight back to that kind of like document and I'm like no I know who I am like yes I can do that or no I can't do that no I love that if I was smiling because in my first book positive change is a self-kick book I think on the back cover it's got like Shelley F. Knight is like a author podcaster mum nurse clinical hypnotherapy general labeled being and I think that's what happens to us, that sometimes when we don't stop to get that awareness of who we are, we think we are our labels, like, you know, mum, daughter, friends, but we're more yeah. than that. And in it, there is, I have got things called I am, and then you have to sort of choose them. But I love what you said about the also the I am not things, because I think so many people struggle with positivity, this toxic positivity. But I think people could do that exercise. Like, so me, I'd be like, I am spiritual healthy that's slightly ironic because i got covid but um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> next week i won't um yeah, yeah. but you know you know i am and it is sort of like you know spirituality is really important to me humor is really important to me and things like that but for some people i think it's real valuable sort of learning in it they could do the i am not because mm. sometimes when we're discovering who we are and what we want you have to sort of throw away what you don't want if that makes sense yeah so sometimes it's easier to start with I am not because they're the stuff that 
you know, um, comes probably more naturally to us. Um, but then it's like, well, okay, if, if there's a list of I am not, then, you know, almost by association, by definition, you're probably the opposite of those things. And that's a really good entry point to start writing stuff down about who you are. I think the point you made around um, is, is so powerful. I, I call it kind of labels. I think we go through life and we pick up labels. So like mother, father, brother, sister, height, job title, um, any achievements or accolades we've got. We, we pick up all of these, we're accumulation of all of them. Um, but they're not really who we are, but not who we truly are anyway. They're just a kind of a facade. Um, and you kind of see this with, I don't know, like Olympic athletes that come to the end of their four-year cycle and suddenly their Olympic dream is kind of over. You know, they have a, they all, I think it's called like Olympic depression or something. They kind of spiral because, you know, they were this Olympic athlete and suddenly they're no longer. Or same with any professional sports star when they finish their career. Well, who are they? Because they're no longer known for the things they do. Same goes for, um, I guess, if you're a parent, when you come to a point where your child's grown up and gone off and can fully fend for themselves, you get this moment of, well, who am I now? Because I'm, no, I'm still mother and father, but I no longer play that role day in, day out. And it's those, we call them like, you know, those like quarter-life crises or midlife crises, or all of these things. It's, it's kind of almost like a crisis of identity, but that's only because all of these labels are kind of being peeled off or changed. Um, for me, I'd much rather know who I am deeply in terms of my beliefs and values. They're never going to change. No one can ever change them because guess what? I've defined them. So regardless if I lose my job or not, regardless if I'm in a relationship or not, regardless of how old I am, you know, that's not going to change. I'm pretty much stable um, in terms of my, I guess, my emotional stability then just because I've, I've created that. Yeah, so sort of like find out what your principles are and your values are so what's important to you maybe it's like your health and your spirituality being a happy connection to others and that won't Absolutely. change but then you've gone from like working at sky to now doing like your coaching but the values are unchanged yeah and i think it's, it's one of those where like ultimately all this stuff is like for me i've just written down on a word document you know, I can go in and change that right it's not it's not something carved in stone and that's your definition I believe as we go through life as we get more experience and more knowledge we have a better understanding of who we are so I could tweak that I could change it you know maybe I tried being you know amazingly spontaneous for like a period of time it just didn't work maybe the outcome wasn't so I'm like okay maybe I'm not a spontaneous person or maybe I'm a bit more structured and organized for example and that's fine to change that's because it's you you know all of that is part of who you are it's just I guess where do we focus on what parts of us do we focus on um because I, I see this time uh, loads of people keep talking to me about this concept of like oh am I introvert or extrovert and I'd, I really worry about people becoming too binary with that choice mm -hmm. I don't believe you're one or the other because even if you're say introverted and so you don't like going out or it's you get more it takes more energy to speak to people well well what do you do around like christmas on christmas day you know i'm sure you're speaking and chatting and having a great time with your family or you have a great time with your friends you know in those moments you are being extroverted so i think there's we have a blend of all of this stuff to us we have the ability to access all of these amazing qualities and characteristics and make us human 
It's just which ones we decide to focus on and which ones we decide to tap into at any one moment in time. Yeah, as you said that, I was thinking that I think there's almost a, a danger, if that's the right word, Ben, of labels, because you could think, oh, I'm an introvert, so I'm not going to that. It really could just be a label or an excuse, isn't it? What if you're just yeah. Shelley or just Ben and you go because you want to go? Yeah. Yeah. I um, think and so, sometimes I think it's, um, I've gotten to a stage now where like, I feel you can define yourself before any moment. So uh, an example with that would be, let's say I'm giving a public talk or a presentation. Going into that, in the build up to it, as I imagine what I might say, I could say, okay, the Ben that's gonna be on stage is a Ben of confidence or a Ben of um, clarity or a Ben of, you know, all of these different things, but a Ben that can engage you know effectively with the audience so by doing that you kind of almost like prime yourself you kind of set yourself up to potentially experience confidence and experience that um rather than being too much about okay well maybe i'm quite shy or timid or i've always been that way um there was an example that i guess a key life-changing moment in my story i guess i had i did one course once and um, it was massive, like open course, like people would sat in seats and people would go up on stage and chat with the um, the coach. And a, a guy went up and talked to a coach and he chatted about the relationship with his father. And it was quite like strained and quite challenging. Um, and he never felt he had like a proper connection with his dad. Um, and he was suffering from symptoms of like, he can't really express himself and he's not really great at showing emotion. And as I was listening, I was completely transfixed because this is that was, at the time that was me as well. I, I, I never shared my emotions. I've constantly told like, what are you thinking or what are you feeling? Very, very, very closed off. Um, and as the, the guy worked with the coach and developed his story, went into the story a little bit more, I started reflecting on like, okay, well, why can't I express myself? And there's been so many reasons that I gave myself throughout the years. One was, um, I don't want to annoy anyone. Another one was, oh, actually, I think listening is more important skill than speaking. That was another good one. And then one of the more profound was I, I felt I inherited it from my parents. I thought it was something kind of genetic handed down. So the coach at the end said, well, you need to call your dad. You need to have a conversation. You need to share all this stuff. So in the break, I phoned my dad up. Never really had like a hard heart with him properly before so we had this like small talk and I was like dad I need to tell you something and my dad was like oh what is it and he said well I, firstly I think I need to apologize for you uh, and he's like oh what do you need to apologize for and he said well I think I've been making a story up about you for probably the past 20 years the fact that I can't express myself because I think it's inherited from you and dad so, uh, you and mum sorry like I haven't really seen you be overly great at expressing your emotions you're much more private and you know you express it by yourself and you kind of deal, deal with it in your own way and then my dad revealed that actually growing up he struggled with expressing his emotions because especially back in I think it was like the, the 60s 70s especially in the UK there's much more of like a culture of like man at a house and breadwinner and you don't really talk up to someone in a position of authority so he said actually when he left at home he actually could finally be more expressive and he was actually able to like connect with people much better 
Um, so I left that call, that conversation. I just I broke down in like a flood of emotion. Like I started crying and I, I felt all of these like feelings I hadn't felt for years because I dismantled this like false belief that I'd inherited it in something genetic. Like my parents made a choice that's led to the way that they are. Therefore, I can make a choice about the way I want to be. And guess what? I want to be emotionally expressive. I want to share how I feel. So I immediately messaged my friends and like just shared really heartwarming messages saying how much they mean to me. And I just got incredible responses back. And I was like, this is, I had this all along. This was, it was hiding there all along and I just never tapped into it. I never realized that. Um, but it's only like, as we said earlier, it's only in the sharing of these stories. It's only in the sharing of kind of like life events that you get access into these. Wow, actually I'm, struggling with that i'm experiencing that as well and then you can start exploring how to fix it wow <laughs> i just think wow just to even pick up the phone because i think if that'd be me i'd be thinking that's a really good idea i could pick up the phone like the coach told that guy but to actually do it and then it comes down to the authenticity i kind of say it, authenticity again because your dad could have gone like oh, thanks very much ben bye but actually, this is my story, and that's why I am the way I am, you know. And I think yeah. it's like ancestral healing, like, you know, that you've healed your journey, then you've healed back his journey. And then to reach out to your friends as well. I just think how many of us listening to this today can honestly think that we need to pick up the phone to someone and just, you know, say, yeah. I think it's the way you phrased it, kind of like I've been telling like this story about you for 20 years. And I think, you know it just becomes our truth isn't it and the more we believe it the more we say it it just sort of consolidates but that's seriously powerful but then yeah so simple as well yeah and it's just uh, for me it's that whole new level of like connection and relationship that's just available to be unlocked then like in the, the couple of examples i've shared with you on, on this call you know if that guy at sky hadn't given up 30 minutes of his time to have that coffee with me I would guarantee I'd have been at home on antidepressants and my life would be like a whole mess well I don't know where I'd be right now I definitely wouldn't be sitting here having a conversation with you I would not be the person I am today if he had just said no in the same way my dad if he had given a different story I would have probably still been closed off I wouldn't have been as vulnerable potentially with you and just opened up um and so it's it's in those like explaining things and just like really getting to grips with like uh, is all the like beliefs I have all the stuff I'm telling about my stuff is it fundamentally true you know what is my evidence for this and it's about questioning that evidence because it could be an opinion that someone said about you one time you know 10 20 years ago that you know was a throwaway comment it could you know it could be the tiniest little things and it's about getting back to the truth. It's just like, well, these are opinions, these are comments, these are other people's thoughts. They don't define you. Um, and so the more examples I've, I've gathered for those throughout my life, the more I can start breaking these limiting beliefs. And every time I do, another thing kind of like unleashes, unlocks for me. I get a new sense of who I am and what I can do and what I can achieve. But it's only until you have that self-awareness, until you only to go deep. Um, and the other side of that is also taking responsibility and accountability for change 
Yeah. Like you said, I think you used a great example earlier on around, I think a lot of people make excuses or justifications. You know, I've had something bad happen to me in the past. That's the way I am. Or someone did something to me one time or my boss is going to be a jerk, you know, whatever. It's not my fault. You know, it's, it's other people or it's other situations. Well, you're never going to change. You know, as constantly, as long as you give the power to things outside of your control, you're never going to change. So it's taking responsibility into accountability that there are going to be, so there's probably still stuff for me that I'm aware, unaware of that I still need to kind of work on and develop. Um, I need to take responsibility for the negative aspects of me. I need to take responsibility for the parts of me that I'm potentially not proud of. But then by taking responsibility, even though, you know, it could be painful, on the other side, there's growth. On the other side, there's transformation. On the other side, there's like, you know, a new, I guess, lease of life, potentially. Um, I could say that's true of my story, at least. Yeah, no, I've seen so many people. It's like the victimhood, playing the victim, that becomes their life story. Like, as you said, like one comment or one chapter of your entire life story. And it's like, it's not, it's just one chapter. And it's only probably, again, like I spoke earlier, when I was 40, I had a major life-changing event. And I think my filter fell, fell out. Some people said I didn't have one anyway, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I had a gesture of filter. But now I'm just like, well, this is me. This is what I do. This is why I do it kind of thing. But, you know, when you take ownership of your life, people don't really want that. But I love it because if I cock up, if that's such a thing, maybe it's all just experience. I know I've tried because I've got this whole, I'm a bit feisty about positive changes, hence the whole a self-kick book and a self-kick podcast. But, you know, why we're here is because of all the choices we've made up to this point. And people say, oh yeah, but I don't want to make, you know, I can't make choices. But even if you're not making a choice, that is a choice, isn't it almost? You mean, so I'm choosing to be positive. I'm choosing to believe my health improves. I know, choose that I will be a successful author. You know, and these are things I'm choosing. But if you choose to play the victim card, the blame game, don't want the awareness, it's still a choice. But it's just, you know, as you said, you'd still be at sky or you'd be on antidepressant if you hadn't made the choice to dive deeper yeah. into your story, your dad's story, you know. Yeah. And I Absolutely. love the fact. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you, what you talk about the victim stories is quite powerful because that, that is definitely a lens I'm looking at it. One of the things when I did um, my life coaching qualification, they talked about the, the concept of a hero or heroine's journey, which is the opposite. So, you know, why are such like mainstream movies like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, all of those like wildly successful? Because they tell the story of a hero or heroine's journey, which is like, you know, your average average like child or potentially orphan in in harry's uh, sorry loss of parents with harry's case but then they go on an adventure they go on a journey of self-discovery they face challenges they face setbacks they face obstacles they have people around them that support them and want, want them and will them to succeed they come up against their mortal enemy or foe which is you know like the voldemort's or um, you know all of these kind of things in these movies and that is a metaphor for our greatest fears in life they're the greatest things that hold us back and it's only through defeating them that you come out the other side and you realize well actually I never really had anything to fear about or actually I became the person that could tackle that and could defeat it 
Um, and then suddenly the world is completely different because you no longer have that fear. You no longer have that, you know, worry or anxiety about, you know, failing or, you know, being like impoverished or whatever like deep rooted fear there is. Um, and there's always going to be fears in the world. You know, I mean, if you look at mainstream news, it kind of thrives in this, you know, um, arena of, of fear. Um, but it's about conquering our own personal insecurities, our own personal fears on our hero or heroine's journey. Um, and by phrasing it that way, you see, well, okay, well, I'm, I'm facing a challenge today. Okay, that's just another obstacle I have to like, defeat. Oh, there's like someone that's really annoying me or, or causing me, okay, well, I just need to kind of work through that because you know my journey is my journey. I am going to reach my destination one way or the other. Um, and you just see it as like moments of growth. You know, your, your, your character, your hero, your heroine is just leveling up. It's just another thing that you're doing to become, you know, the ultimate version of yourself. In my case, like finding my true self. Um, and that's really powerful rather than a victim story, which is like, oh, an obstacle's come up. Well, okay, that's it. But, but I'm not even gonna try. I'm not, not even, but I'm just going home. It's, it's no longer me, I can't do that. Um, and so it's just two different kind of perspectives, right? Two different mindsets, but one's going to empower you and push you on to face life's uncertain, the future's uncertain anyway. COVID's shown us that massively on a global scale. So why not adopt a mindset that's going to push you forward regardless of all of that stuff versus adopt a mindset that, you know, it's, it's going to cause you mental health like I experienced or it's going to cause you to be negative and, and perceive yourself in a, a light that's isn't deserving of who you are I love that I was thinking like I don't know it's like two different types of people but I think maybe we change different situations like with my infertility I didn't really play the victim because as you said I wanted a different outcome I didn't want to be somebody without children so for me yeah I had to become the hero I had to just keep going and there were so many challenges um and for me I don't know if it comes to work in the end of life, but for me, if you're playing victim, you're not really living your best life. You're not giving it, you know, you're not going all on in. And I think I'd just die with regrets. And that's not something I'm willing to do. Yeah. You know, I just couldn't die with that one story still in playing inside me. I, I want more. I want the story of like the mother, the author, the podcast and whatever else, you know, I choose to go for in life. Yeah. And that victim story makes me feel really uncomfortable yeah. you know what I mean I really there's, don't like it yeah yeah there's a, a book I don't know if you've ever read it it's called uh it's by an Australian author called Bronnie Ware and she's got a, quite a well-known blog and book about it the book is like the top five regrets of the dying and it's about her time as a Australian palliative nurse and she, very similar to yourself she works at like end of life with patients who are effectively days weeks months away from from the end of their lives and she documented she asked the questions about do you have any regrets um the number one most common regret is i wish i had the courage to live a life that was true to who i was rather than the life that others expected of me yeah. and for me that was like it's like hit, almost like hit by a truck because how many of us are going through life where people are telling us what to do and who we should be and you know I need to be in a certain way to fit into my friendship group I need to be a certain way to fit into work um, and all this time it's like you're being pulled in different directions whereas like at the end of your life you look back and it's like well you know I, I, that wasn't really me that wasn't yeah. what I was really excited about that it wasn't really fulfilling 
Um, so it's, again, coming back to like, you know, choose who you are, define yourself and then live a life aligned to that rather than just, you know, molding into different shapes and different in different situations. Yeah, I um, wrote an article similar about the five life lessons, I called it at the, you know, I think it's like five lessons, five life lessons I learned from my dying patients. And it is that and it takes me back to what you said about finding out who you are, because one of the things was always like live your life, not someone else's version of it. And it was mm. generational, but it still happens now where you sort of, you know, you take that job because you think it'll make your parents proud after generations or you feel a duty to marry the girl that you got pregnant or, you know, you yeah. have to do I don't know, a corporate job. because That's what your family's always done when you want to be an artist. And so it's just so important isn't it that you live your life I mean I think a lot of people aren't even living a life I think I meet so many people that are scared of dying and that almost cripples their ability to live but I think just bumbling through life or the next paycheck or that next opportunity yeah. that next relationship and it's not and I think it's so important what you said earlier like find out you know the I am or I am not as a starting point today for your own hero journey because that really yeah. resonated with me when you said about you know what you know who are you who are you not and I think you know if people say anything today I think they all need to be on a little bit of a hero journey don't we yeah yeah and it's now and I think this kind of conversation is so important in the context of now because we're living in a world that's ever increasingly digital social media mm. is like a massive part of our lives so it's very easy now we've got accessible to pretty much anyone on the planet anyone that's got an iphone or a laptop it's very easy to be like, oh, I like the look of them. Let me follow their life. Oh, that, yeah. that's good. I'm going to follow their advice and tips. Oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this. But suddenly you're becoming, you're following and you're trying to be other people online. Uh, and that's also just going to fracture you into pieces versus actually, as you said, find out who you are, um, who you are, who you are not. And then just live a life based on who you want to be don't feel pressured to be someone you're not or be someone else just because they've got more likes or more followers or yeah. whatever whatever because that's not going to bring you happiness um it's just like I, i've been there it just doesn't it's just make like for most people social media you know even though you post like nice beach pictures and like little kind of memes here and there most people are just looking at this stuff and they're not happy because they're constantly comparing themselves to this like shiny you know version of like what reality is and it's just not that um yeah. so it's just taking a step back from that and just like you know whatever life you live whoever you decide to be whatever you end up that's enough like you're more than enough you're perfect just the way you are you know if you want to find yourself and if you want to like become a better version of yourself perfect but that's your choice right that's not anyone else's choice yeah no i love that I think you've shared so many tips and tools and great advice today, but is there one positive change that people could make today if they had to do one? So the, the best piece of advice I could give that I haven't shared already was is for people to live in the present, as in the right here, right now. Because if you actually look at your life, it is a series of moments. You know, the future doesn't necessarily exist. Right? You might think of next Wednesday, but... You know, we, we wait until Wednesday comes and then we live it in the present moment, just in the same way that the past doesn't really exist. Right. You know, we can we can have memories about what happened two years, five years, 10 years ago. But we're always living right here, right now. 
And so that's one thing I get to. If, if you ever have like anxious thoughts or worries or stress or any kind of things about the past, just remember that you're actually living right here, right now. Um, and just by breathing and just like moving your body, it kind of reconnects you with the present moment and so you feel a little bit better. So that's my little like little hack that I do whenever I'm feeling a bit like worried or stressed, just like ground myself right here, right now. I'm just sitting on this chair. I'm absolutely fine. You know, I'm living a good life. I'm grateful for the people I have around me. Okay, good. Let's go again. Rather yeah. than getting caught up in thoughts and negative patterns, etc. Yeah, I love that. I was smiling because it reminded me of um, Louise Hay, the late author with Hay House. And she used to just have this affirmation. And it's just like, all is well in my world. And I use that a lot during, I don't even know which lockdown, Ben, one, two, three or four. I don't know, it's like multiple <laughs> yeah. choice, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but you'd go on the news and it would be there. And I don't go on the news, but people would still tell me the news. And it really threw me because obviously um, I'd just been living the fear of getting COVID and things like that. But I had to bring it back to me and like my lockdown house and we're all in shielding and all is well in my world. And it is that, isn't it? Bring it back to the moment. Like, you know, yeah, even if you don't particularly absolutely. like that moment, it just reminds you of where you are. And I love that. Bless you. What I also love about you is you have an amazing freebie. So tell the listeners about that. Yeah. So um, I've recent, uh, recently this year I've become a coach. Um, so I've now opened up my kind of coaching practice. So I'm kind of currently offering all kind of new prospective clients a what I call a 45 minute free success call. Um, so it's just a call that you and I would jump on and we just discuss like, where do you want your life to be? Like what would your ideal lifestyle be like? What vision do you have for the future? Um, and then we create something exciting and compelling. So you know, regardless if you decide to take me on as your coach or not, you have a clear direction in life. And I think that really helps that's helped me massively in my life and I think for me that the people that I've seen that are really you know happy and fulfilled is because they've got they know where they're going right they're pretty certain about no matter what happens in their life they've got a clear direction um and so that's the kind of service I just want to offer people for free really um because I think it helps regardless of whether they need coaching or they don't need coaching I think it's just something that everyone should should have I love that. And I know when I've become stuck in life, like this year, when the kids all went to like school and had that sort of empty nest thing, it is lack of clarity that often gets us stuck because we don't make a positive change or take a step if we don't actually know where we're heading or what we want. So yeah. I, I love that. And where can they access you? To look so I've got um, my website. So my website's www.bgblueprint.com. Um, and then if you go on the website, you'll just see a bit more about what my company does. And then through there, you'll be able to book a, a success call. Ben Gardner, I've absolutely loved this. You're a beautiful, wise soul. So thank you so much for sharing your hero journey with us today. No, thank you, Chelius. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kickbook from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.